48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is... Today we're going to talk politics. Yes. And uh, Josh, why don't you kick us off? So let me kick it off. Um, So uh, I'm going to... I thought it would be cool. I had like a a little bit of an experience this weekend where I did some canvassing for a local political candidate. You stretch uh, stretch canvas over over wood? Is that... (laughs) canvassing with an extra ass um but but similar um but not at all (laughs) um but anyhow uh that that got me thinking because i'm pretty vocal about politics on my social media accounts some people choose to be less vocal um some people choose to refrain altogether some people make their entire platform of art about political activism and um and i think it's a tenuous issue right i mean in the comics community you have things like comics gate you have things like you know um you just have a lot of controversy that has to do with politics and i think we all tend to like with within our show we tend to not talk about a lot of those issues and i think it's a conscious decision but I think each of us has like a different way of approaching politics with our own art careers and, and with our, within our own social media. And, um, and I kind of thought it, it's actually a pretty good topic to touch on, like why we each approach politics in the way we approach it, how we approach it and why we approach it that way. Because I think for all of us, I think it's something we've thought about, which is, this is what I'm hoping um, people who are listening to this, who follow the 48 hour art check, or are maybe just artists like curious about how to approach it. Um, what I'm hoping comes out of this is by the end of this, I hope everyone who does art at least thinks about their approach to politics before they post. And that's, that's the only thing I'm, I'm kind of hoping will come out of this because I'm guessing, and this is a, a semi-informed guess because I know you guys pretty well, but I'm guessing each of us has thought about it uh, before we've posted. And so I I thought that might be kind of a cool way to go about it. So first off, I wanted to know um, what your guys' thoughts are on uh, like how you approach, um, how do you guys each approach politics on your social media relating to art how do you approach it in your art and then um why that's that's kind of my my main kind of thing i'll I'll be fast um i think people would i think people that have followed me on twitter and youtube would say that i am political online and i think that i am intentionally not political online Hmm. Um, so I, I do not, I, I go out of my way to not talk about politics 
but I am very big on things that I don't find political. Um, so I'm very big on injustice. Um, I'm, I'm very big on, um, on, on freedom of speech. I'm very big on privacy. There, there are things that uh, involve human beings that I don't find political. Um, and I stay away, I stay away from politics, but I don't shy away from um, truth and fairness. Mm, that's so loaded and interesting. <laughs> okay. You didn't get into why though. So, so why do you approach it the way you do? Uh, I approach it the way I do because I am more interested in um, bringing people together than I am being divisive. And I find um, that politics is a lot like um, professional sports. Yeah. has always really confused me. Um, people are way more interested in um, rooting for the, the logo and the colors than they are for the actual people. Um, or the policies. And so, um, for example, in professional sports, and I want to tick off anybody who likes sports, but you know, whatever, um, you, you're, you're totally fine with a rapist as long as he's on your team and, and scoring well, you know, um, or you are, um, you you love that guy as long as he's wearing the right colors, but if he switches teams and you're wearing different colors, uh, you hate that guy all of a sudden and you love a new guy. And uh, in, in essence, it comes down to what Jerry Seinfeld said, but it, it all comes down to the fact that you're, you're rooting for laundry and uh, yeah. And, and people get very tribal without thinking um, when, when there's party politics. And so I stay away from, I stay away from that um, because I think it gets in the way of thinking. I think the world has been changed um, for the better and for the worse uh, by political cartoons, by graphic novels, by cartoons, by television shows, by movies, by books. I think writers and artists and musicians uh, have moved the world probably more than any politician in, in the history of the world. And I say that because um, you, you look at like Thomas Paine, who is a writer, um, and he just made a little pamphlet, what, what, yep. what you might call a zine. Um or a zine, and he, uh, and he, uh, it, it started getting passed around, and people were reading it, and it, it incited a rebellion that overthrew one of the most powerful countries uh, on the earth at the time. Um, that that had, and America had no right to do that. Like, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, we should have lost that war uh, any number of ways. Um, and uh, but it, but it was started by a writer. I yeah, mean, started by say the same musicians. Yeah, I would say the same for like Frederick Douglass, right? Just right. Yep on, but it's like you know the autobiography of Frederick Douglass did more to end slavery than any revolt, and that was just a book. And I mean, keep in mind there's action behind the book, but there, right. there was a book. Right. So, um, yeah, that's cool. That's interesting to hear. And and so like, so the reason why is I don't want to be like oh he he votes donkey or he votes elephant and so i hate him automatically i'd rather be like let's sit down get to know each other through through the work yeah and, and you can think about things because i'm talking about things that are largely apolitical um and if you if you knew that i was red or blue or whatever yeah. then then you might think you might not listen to what i actually have to say yeah and you've you've touched on some interesting things so 
I, I want to dive into them. <laughs> um, like I'm to totally comfortable, Brett. No, no, I know that. Comfortable at all? I know that you and I like to get into <laughs> hot stuff, but but to me, um, one of my favorite things about what you're saying is you you like the better side of politics, and you'll delve into that online. But when it comes to the red team, blue team stuff, you don't you don't partake. But if it comes to like human rights, like then you'll jump in. Right. And so, I, to me, I don't, I don't find human rights to be political. Well, here's the problem with politics, right? Politics are when you get 10 people in a room and it's that instantly when you have human beings with differing viewpoints, you have politics. Like that's, that's the nature of politics. The base side of politics, the worst side of politics is, is what you're saying you refrain from online, which is the whole team team based thing where it's like, uh, like, uh, one of the things that cracks me up about sports, it's like, I'm for this because I'm in LA. Like I'm for the Lakers, which by the way, is a great team to be for if you're for like, cause they win a lot. Right. So it's fun to be from like, I'm in LA County, so I should support the Lakers. Right. But if I get a draft pick from Cleveland, I don't care as long as they're making wins for LA. The second they're in Cleveland again, even if they're LA born and raised or whatever it. And the sad thing is the trading in sports, it's not even really has, it it has very little to do with your hometown and more to do with whatever money they got paid. Right. But people will still like it's LA. I'm LA. This is this, you know, or it's, it was LA and I like their logo. And so that's a Raider. And even though it's Oakland now, and it wasn't Oakland originally, and it wasn't LA originally, or the Dodgers, like I'm pro LA, but that was actually a New York team. But now that they're LA, um, LA Dodgers, you know, like it's, it's, it's an interesting thing when people are rooting for the thing just because that's our tribe and rooting for the thing because like, Hey, this isn't right. You know? And it's a fine balance. Um, but I think that's an interesting way to, to parse it. One question before we go on, Scott. So when you're parsing it that way, is there a calculation relating to your art? And, and I don't mean like a dark calculation, just like an informed calculation relating to your art. Um, you, are you talking about what I create or do I weigh in the balance the negative impact of, of going too, too far in an opinion? Exactly. Like more like the, when, when you're weighing it, are you considering how it's going to be perceived by people who are checking it out? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I do. Um, And so as far as, as far as what I make, um, I've, I've always tried to make things that, that cause people to think. Um, And I'm almost, I almost want to raise, concern more than I want to give answers because I think people, I, I largely believe that people are intelligent. Yeah. People think through things and I, I have trust in, in kind of human beings in general. And so I like to raise questions. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not too concerned about that because in, in the, in the work that I produce, I think it raises, it raises a lot of questions and it gets a lot of conversations started I love that. in whether or not I, decide to come out and support a particular um, a particular candidate or platform or anything along those lines, 
I, I typically don't do that because I find that to be, uh, if people are honest with themselves, they, they will, they will lead themselves to something that they feel is right. Um, that way. And if they're not honest with themselves, uh, they're just going to vote RD, you know, if their parents voted RD or whatever. Um, and so when it comes, when it comes to me being like sharing political opinions, um, I do, I do weigh not whether or not I'm going to like lose followers or offend people, but I weigh whether it's something that is important to me at a core value or something that is, uh, that, that is, I just find interesting or I'm just riled up about or whatever. Yeah. So if it has to do, if it has to do with, uh, you know, privacy concerns, um, or, or freedom or, um, injustice, uh, I, I will, I will speak out about that. If it's, if it's like, you know, something else, um, I, I can't think of any good examples of things I don't speak out on, but if it's, if it's religiously charged, uh, you know, or opinion based and there's not really facts on either side, um, or I don't care about it that much, I don't care enough to stake my reputation on it. Um, I usually don't. Yeah. But I think there's a saying in business about picking the hill you want to die on. And, right. and it sounds like that's, that's kind of the method. That's cool. Um, Scott, uh, your approach to politics, um, I have like three questions. It's basically like, how do you get, how do you approach politics in your art? Um, and then also, uh, do you think politics have a place in your art and then why, you know, those are, those are kind of the, the two, if I'm I I feel like I'm going to be, I know Corey said he was going to be super quick and he wasn't, but I think I, 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 I was fast. And then Josh pushed me. <laughs> I'm going to push you. No, it's good because uh, you need to make up for the time that I'm going to be really short because um, yeah, I don't really get into politics. I mean, I, I, I have, you know, I have my own political leanings and everything like that, yeah. but I don't really for, and it's, it's nothing against people that do, yeah, and a lot of the people that that do political art, I, I do enjoy. Yeah, uh, they talk, you know, certain things. But uh, for me, and just my brand, because my brand's all about kind of having fun, and you know, it's it's whimsical, and it's you know, it's tongue in cheek, and it's just, I just don't really think politics fit into what I'm doing. You know. Yeah. Um. So so I, I just don't mix it in. Plus, I don't want to. I don't want to alienate anyone. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what else to, to say other than that. I just, uh, no, I think that's you know. good. So, so I'm going to do the same kind of follow up yeah, yeah, yeah. with Corey. Like, why do, like, why do you feel like it's better to kind of refrain from it? And I think you kind of touched on it, but yeah. I want to hear a little more in depth on that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Plus it just, I don't want to argue with people. I, I mean, I don't. I, perfect. It's a perfect answer. You know, it's like, and and you know, and I I for a while I was consuming a lot of like political stuff, you know, whether on YouTube or whatever. Or, and honestly, right now I'm just like I've kind of I at least it hasn't been a long time, but the last couple of weeks I've tried to avoid a lot of that. Yeah, it's because it it. it I've, I've kind of got this, I'm um, kind of battling with myself because I, 
in some ways, I mean, I, I don't think you should hide your head in the sand with whatever's going on if you disagree with it or, or yeah. anything like that. Um, but on the other hand, I find I'm a lot happier when I'm not worried about politics. So, yeah. so it's a constant battle with me. I mean, I, I in some ways, I, I feel like I need to be an activist and I need to, I need to kind of step up for the things that I believe in. And then the other, and, and in some ways, it's just like, uh, you know, it just, you know, it, it just drives me crazy. And it, it just makes me unhappy and it makes me upset. And I just, you know. So. Yeah. And, and you know what's weird, though, is like, I, I kind of feel like it fits our brands. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. You think about like Scott's brand, right? It's like, what does politics have to do with like, um, like robots, aliens, zombie, zombies, and em- other eminent threats to humanity. Yeah, unless you're talking about wanting to take over the world, and 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 if you want to equate that to like an oligarchy or something. But again, it's all it's all like tongue in cheek, and it's like you know. That's so. the point. Is like I think your I think your art, and I think your your kind of brand is more like lighthearted. Like right. e movie, and I don't mean in a bad way, yeah. the best way, yeah. Like B movie, like have fun, mm-hmm. and and also like very like all ages. Mm-hmm. Like you don't tend to do stuff that's not all ages. It's not for kids though. It's not for kids. No, not for kids. <laughs> I'm just um, general <laughs> mixed audiences. Yeah. FTC. Yeah, general mixed audiences. We had an adult artist on the last Art Casters, and so yeah. I just want to point that out right here. We have no illusions to be uh, speaking to children, um, but uh, but um, uh, but but my point is like with your brand that fits your brand, and like I think it would throw like I would be through, and I'm very politically yeah. active, and it would throw me off a lot if out of nowhere you were like. I'm for this candidate and here's my art about it. Like I would be really thrown off and yeah. that's somebody who's very active. Like, um, and so, and then I think Corey, um, I think of your brand and it, it, it does bring up political things, but not heavy political things, more like ideas. Um, you challenge ideas and ideas that are in the mainstream on both parties and are problematic. And it gets people to think. And I think if you got further than that, it might be a throw off. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it seems like the the content speaks for itself. That's what I'm I'm hoping. Same with Scott. Like, here's the thing. And I want to be really clear about this because I feel like there's this misperception that, like, for instance, the young and the dead, um, there's politics in there. You just, you have to look, you know what I mean? You have to look, but there's politics in everything. There's politics, but there's politics that are subtle politics that can, and, and I, I would actually make the argument out of the three of us, maybe Scott might actually be making more of the needle move. Um, uh, now I got to hear your reasoning for that. I'm curious. Well, well and, and here's why is like, um, What's going to make the needle move more? Something that's all ages that's about, hey, be decent to people. Like, don't be a dick. Right. <laughs> um, or, like, there's crazy corruption. We got to pay attention, but we're not going to pick sides. Or, like, 
or like pick sides. Um, I would actually say like that more subtle, just like, like, uh, you know, thinking about it, like children's books probably have the most impact on people's politics than anything. Um, just, just, I'm just saying uh, on like a, on a, on a level of like caring. Well, humanity, children are right? more impressionable. What's up? Children are more impressionable. I yeah. Remember. And I'm just saying like the subtlety of like a message that's just about humanity and about caring about other people is, is going to like that speaks to almost everyone. Like, but the, like the, the more kind of universal stuff can actually move the needle more is, is my point. I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Uh, I was just making a giving tree joke because I don't know why we read that to children. Nice. So dark book. And from a, from a guy who was very political. Oh, so Jeff, Jeff Bezos defines brand is your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. I love it. And you brought up, you brought up uh, all ages stuff. Um, Mr. Rogers is a really good example of this. Yeah. Um, there are three ways to ultimate success. The first is to be kind. The second way is to be kind. The third way is to be kind. His brand was a hundred percent like, let's live as if we're all neighbors. Let's, yeah. let's, let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this world. Let's figure out ways to like process our emotions in a safe and healthy way. Yeah. And it's not to say that he wasn't political but he didn't let his politics get in the way of something that he felt was more important, which is people should be kind to each other. Yes. And here's the thing I like about Mr. Rogers is when it came down to it, he was more political than the most avant-garde artist because he stood in front of Congress and he took the most bitter congressmen and turned their minds about just having like public funding for a show like Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to kind of hit on with this is like, I think when you're an artist, I think you need to think about what is your brand. And I don't mean that in like the cold corporate way. I mean, like, what is your art saying? Um, If you're a children's book artist, like getting, getting super heavy into politics may not fit your brand. Now there's, Children's book artists, some of the best, like Sendak, um, great children's book artist, super loud about politics, right? But there's also children's book artists that have refrained from that. And I think you have to consider what you're saying with your art. And at the end of the day, I think you want to speak to the most people you can speak to. So um, like we had... Uh, um, Alterna Comics on Artcasters. And one of the things I really liked about his approach, and I don't think it's everybody's approach, but it was just kind of like hit hit anybody. Like he, he actually talked to us, like Scott and I, about um, the ability to reach out to, like what what's more effective if you have like, if you're vocal on the politics and you turn off the person you're trying to speak to before they even read the book, or if they read the book, they connect with the character and it causes them to change their perception. And then they actually change their politics. Right. Um, so, so there's, 
there's different methods. Um, anyhow, I'm interested in this as a topic. Um, I am a little more vocal about politics um, and on, on social media. And I think in my art um, about like kind of the side I lean on, like which way I stand, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that has more to do with like who I'm specifically gearing my, my art towards. Now, do I want somebody who disagrees with me to read my work? Sure. Cool. Um, am I gearing my stuff to children? No. Um, am I gearing my stuff to, to like young teenagers? No, I'm not really writing like young adult fiction or anything like that. So like who I'm gearing my work towards is like more like older people. And I don't mean older, like a ton older, but people are like 18 or older. That's, that's kind of where my work gears towards. And so I don't mind being kind of vocal about like which way I lean. Um, but I have the, I, I like similar to you, Corey, because you were talking about having some conflict with it. And, and same with you, Scott, like you were talking about having some potential conflict for it. Um, sometimes I feel like, am I maybe like sticking my flag in the sand and potentially turning off somebody who might actually enjoy my work? And that's something I really want to be cautious not to do. So um, for me, I'm like, I'm pretty actively like open about being kind of like super left, right? Um, I'm not super duper left, um, but I lean very left. Um, and lately, like this weekend, I uh, I volunteered for a campaign, which was cool. It was a it was an interesting experience. Um, I have never done that before in my life, like actually canvassed for a candidate. But there's a candidate running in my district that I really believe in. And I've listened to their, um, they run like a media network that's gone on for like 20 years. And I've like been a follower of that for about 15 years. And so when that person announced they were running for my district, I felt like really excited about it. And then about the next day when I decided to canvas was when I saw the smear ads running against this person who I know better. Like I've followed this person for years and I know the smears are BS. And um, I'm looking at like a scenario where locally the whole system is rigged against this person. And I really want this person to represent my district. Um, and I feel like, well, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to give it a shot. And like, knock on doors and talk about why this person's a better candidate. Um, and I'm going to post, post about it on social media because it's a new experience and I, and I feel like um, it's worth sharing. However, the, the potential downside of that is I might turn off people who have contrary political viewpoints from checking out my work. Yeah. Uh, and the other downside is because my work deals with like issues of faith and most people in my camp of belief are on like a totally opposite side of politics. Um, I might be turning off that potential reader or whatever of my work. Yeah. Um, so it's something I juggle, 
but I tend to side on the on on this. Like for me, I guess my standpoint is more like I'd rather, um, I'd rather kind of be like my work is all about authenticity and truth, and so for me, I think my social media presence has to be about authenticity and truth, and it'll kind of weed out people who aren't interested in that about myself. Um, and weirdly enough, I do feel like. I, I still have readers that don't agree with me politically. Um, but it's been a, but I do think it fits my brand to be a little more political. Um, but I don't know if you guys disagree. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. I, I think, uh, I think one thing that's really important um, is if you try to be everything to everyone, uh, you'll be nothing to, no one. Yeah. Basically, like if you water yourself down to be like super milk toast so that you're palatable to, to everybody, uh, you're going to be uninteresting and, and no one will have any reason to, to interact with you or interact with your work. Yeah. But I, do, I do think it's important to, to, to choose to kind of pick your battles. Right. And, and so yeah. um, like, I think one of the most political things I've ever done um, is, is my children's book, which is, um, is about kindness, um, and, and the, the benefits of it. But I mean, if you look at it, it talks about, it talks about greed and theft, um, and avarice and hubris. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty deeply ingrained, uh, you know, like psychological, issues that are going on. Um, there's marital problems that are, that are alluded to. Um, you could even make allusions to, um, to refugees or minorities in, in the way that we should treat those that are different than us um, or in class systems in the way that we should treat people who um, we have nothing to gain from, uh, mm -hmm. but are in a, are in a, are in a position of need Um but ultimately, it's a story about it's a fairy tale about a, a woodcutter who finds an injured bird, and uh, and and gets some gets some treasure because he's yeah. nice, and then his wife uh, is killed because she's greedy, um, and so all of that stuff is there, and I made sure to own it and not shy away from it at all. Yeah. Um, but I also want to let the context of the story speak for itself and not shove those things down people's throats. So I'm like, and because of this, you should support proposition ABC yeah. or whatever. Um, Cause I'm going to let people draw their own conclusions and hopefully they look at that and they go, you know, maybe I could be a little nicer. Maybe I could think about the homeless a little more. Maybe I could think about the vets or the injured or the, you know, those that go without, or maybe I, you know, climbing the corporate ladder you know, is something that is disingenuous to me as a, as a person, because I'm more into X yeah. you know, or whatever. And all of that I think is possible to get from that story, which is a fairy tale about, you know, birds and magic and ancient. Yeah. Man. Um, and, and that's kind of why I like Rod Serling and star Wars. And a lot of this stuff is like, it's interesting to see, you know, like I'm raised uh, on these stories of Spider-Man and the X-Men and, and the Jedi and all this yeah. stuff. And all of that 
made me want to be a good person. I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to yeah. be heroic. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to, to do things that were right, even when it was hard. Yeah. Because I read stories about people that did things that were right, even when it was hard. Um, even though they were, they were in tights or had, you know, laser swords that didn't make sense or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, but no one came, no one came out and said like, you should vote Republican or you should vote Democrat or whatever. Yeah. That was beside the point. No, I mean, like I, I think about growing up and it's like one of my early examples, like outside of family and people, you know, and stuff was like of morality was Spider-Man. And like, it was a very connectable story and very much based about, you know, responsibility and great power and, um, and, and, and also like about the idea of like being an outcast yet kind of taking like the upper hand and kind of making the right decisions. And also about kind of having humor in like pressured situation and like a lot of like really powerful messages that could therefore like later on in life inform politics, but weren't at the time, like on the nose, like, Oh, this is about libertarianism or about, you know, being like a liberal or whatever, you know, um, whatever would be like the on the nose way of, of talking about the, those kind of issues. And I do, I do kind of, that goes back to why I was saying, maybe out of the three of us, like Scott might actually be the strongest, like a uh, political spokesman of all of us as an artist. Um, but I also do feel like um, fitting, I, I think fitting our brands, I do think we've calculated and not in like a dark way, just in an intelligent way. Like um, I think before you do anything as an artist, you should have intention um, and, and I think intention really defines what people get from your art. So if you don't have intention when you're making something, a lot of the time people might not get what you're intending, right? Yeah. Um, if, if you go, uh, go forward with your art intentionally, I think it can kind of inform the way you approach politics and your art. And I, and I can kind of think of like, an artist like Ted Rawl, who's like got a very political standpoint, their art is very political um, versus an artist uh, like um, uh, the guy who created Spot, Scott Pilgrim. I'm, I'm going to blank out on his name. What's his name? Scott. I can see his Twitter avatar in my mind. Anyhow, two different intentions, right? Politically. Um Brian, Brian Lee O'Malley. Brian Lee O'Malley. Thank you. Uh, totally different intentions, but, but potentially the same outcome. Um, and it, I guess my point is, I think the way you approach politics and art should be something to think about. Um, and I would also say the people you're going to alienate through your art should be something you're going to think about. Are those people you want to lose? Are those people you want to alienate? Um, and I mean, that's also comes back to the intention thing because you could alienate people. You had no intention of alienating. Right. And I think there's some of that that's completely out of your control as a creator. Um, 
I, I've seen online storms built around like cartoons that I don't think had any intention of kind of creating those storms. Right. I don't think, you know, I think they were just more focused on like creating a compelling story and then people read more into it than was there and just kind of freaked out about it. Um, but I also think there's sometimes where you want to draw a line in the sand and be like, look, this is what my art is for, you know? Yeah. Um, Mouse is not written for Nazis. Right? So if you're a Nazi, I'm sorry, you probably aren't going to like Mouse by Art Spiegelman. I think there's a line in the sand drawn there, right? Um, but... You know, like, I, I think that's the thing is you want to think about what line you're drawing in the sand and, and like, where that line should be. And I think it differentiates based on the, on each artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have an ex I was showing an example as you were talking of, I think, something that probably uh, could hurt my online presence. Um, and and this, is, this is one where I was kind of interested in I got I got very fired up uh, as, as I did the other day with Scott on the uh, on the art check um, about something that's going on with uh, it and, and it's it's with a government agency and the way that they're they're dealing with something and I I wrote a very long Twitter rant about it and then I turned that into like an animation I think it's probably one of the most boring things that I've done like. Um, from, from the standpoint of, uh, entertainment, it is, it is just very boring. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder about that. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what will bear fruit. I have had people, uh, reach out to me about this, this piece specifically, um, and, and say, you know, you're, you're doing good work. You're saying important things, you know, I appreciate it. Um, and I also wonder how many people, you know, are going to see this and be like, you know, I wish that guy would just shut up, you know, and, and just draw pretty pictures. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Like who, who is a content creator? I, like in all honesty, right or left, who's a content creator who is for what the FCC is doing with YouTube? Like is, is well, there anyone on that? I will, I will tell you, uh, I'll tell you where the, where the, the real challenge lies is if you are a hundred percent and Rand open market, invisible guiding hand of self-interest uh, and you read between the lines of what I'm saying there, I am calling for um, improved and better regulation of an unregulated industry. Um, and a lot of people uh, have the stance of, of I want absolutely zero regulation on anything. And that's when we have a truly free market. Yeah. Um, and, and I do actually believe that regulation uh, does get in the way of, does get in the way of things. I don't want to get political here, but that, that, to, that one to me, because I was actually calling for political action in um you know, legislation and lobbying for something that um, that would regulate an entire industry that's that's unregulated right now. Yeah. Um, 
I'm still a little uncomfortable with that. And, 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 and I, and I, I'm very comfortable with what I said, or I would have taken it down and not done it. Um, I do believe that very strongly, yeah. but at the same time, I wonder, um, is that, is that a hill that I'm willing to die on? Like, is that fight, uh, worth turning somebody off, um, to something that I, that might be more important, like, uh, you know, having empathy for other human beings, which I, which I find very strongly. But I feel like that's the hard part, right? Because it feels like those two are pretty connected in that specific point. I yeah. think the empathy for other human beings and then like what you're talking about are pretty hand in hand, but it, but it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. If you're, if you're in a different camp. And so there, there yeah. are, there are certain camps where, uh, you know, and, and certain par- parties where they're, they're trigger things that you automatically turn off to anything that's said yeah. um, be, as soon as you see one of those things happen. And I'm, I'm not interested in people automatically shutting off before they, before they get to the, the crux of it. And yeah. so I, in Instagram, I don't have uh, the, the ability to, to do a 20 minute long diatribe, you know, rant on, the intricacies and the nuance of externalities in, you know, a mixed market setting. Um, And and me just saying that most people are going to be like, what are you talking about? That is so boring. And that's why it takes longer. And so it's such a bite size snap shot of such a nuanced issue that I feel conflicted, very conflicted about because I, I like free markets um, but I also believe that externalities need to be regulated. Yeah. Um, those two things are at odds with each other in such a way that makes it very difficult to share art in a nuanced way in a world where art is consumed quickly um, and at a glance. Yeah, I, I've, I think I can relate to that because like I've talked about like in my social media, I'm very, it's pretty obvious which way I lean. Yeah. Um, but in my art, less so and um like the main issue that quarterly stories is dealing with is mental illness and mental health right and one of the takeaways i'm hoping people get from it is um there's a couple kind of things but but one of them is i think there's this misperception in society that mental illness is like this really weird thing that nobody goes through and you, therefore, you, right there, you, are mentally ill, and no one else is. Um, and so, therefore, you're strange, and no one else is. And right. I'm trying to kind of bring a voice to what I think is a movement of kind of a unifying idea of, like, mental illness is kind of more universal than we acknowledge. Yeah. It's it's actually not totally insane. Um and that it's something that can be dealt with and addressed and talked about openly. Um, and that to me, that's a thing that I don't think should be political. It should be universal. Right. But, um, but that is, that is a fine line of like, it is a hard thing to address. And it is one of those things of, um, there are certain parties that might read that and be like, oh, mental illness. No, no, no. Like, no, we don't, we don't go there. 
Um, whereas I think it's a hard to talk about issue that should be kind of diverse and kind of all inclusive um, and kind of cross that barrier, you know? And that's, that's one of the reasons why I was like at the, at the top of this, I was saying, I think Scott might actually be more on the, on the, um, the powerful hits for politics, weirdly enough by, by not hitting too hard. I don't know if that makes sense. I but, don't follow you, but well, meaning, you're not you're not alienating anybody. Yeah. Oh, okay. By not alien alienating anybody, like for instance, um, Star Wars, like the first Star Wars film, paints a very black and white picture of evil and good. Right. Paints a really pure picture of what it is to like overcome fear, confront injustice. Right. Um, yeah. There's some heavy topics but they're done in such a way that like whatever way you politically lean, you could enjoy it. Right. Right. But I, don't, I also don't want to fall in that camp. Like Corey was talking where if you try to please everyone, you please no one. So. Yeah. But I don't, but I don't agree. Like I would say like star Wars isn't trying to please everyone. No, no, I'm not saying that about star Wars. I'm just saying about what, what I'm doing where I'm not, going into politics and I'm trying to, and I don't want to alienate people. Yeah. Know? But that's, that's what I'm, where I'm kind of getting is I think but, you do fall into making statements. Like any art you make is a statement, whether it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't group you with Thomas Kincaid, right? <laughs> just painting pretty cottages that say not a lot. Right. He's <laughs> a painter of light, Josh. Come on. Yeah. That's true. He does play light very well. Scott, you are you are very pro science. Um, yeah, which can be science, maybe. <laughs> no, but but in but in that you're using you're using pseudoscience as a, using pseudoscience as a vehicle to promote scientific discovery and science. I've I've looked at, I've watched some of the things that you've done um, where you're getting into you know scientific heroes of yours. You know, and you're going into Beekman and and a lot of the kids shows, and they are, you know, Mr. Wizard and and uh, and all those guys. They're they're very pro scientific method. They're very pro science. They're very pro research, um, which which can be a very political thing. There are a lot of people out there that that feel like science is politicized, and that people um, that scientists are following the money. Uh, and wherever the political power is. And there's a lot of interesting arguments to be made for, um, you know, which studies get funded and which studies get defunded yeah. based on how that's going to drive public opinion and how, whatever. And there's all kinds of stuff like that. But I do think that in a very subtle way, being pro science uh, through the mad scientist vibe um, is political, but it would be, it'd be pretty hard for somebody to come after you and say, you know, you're a liberal or you're a conservative or you're a whatever, because it's like, I, I'm just about having fun and I'm about learning things and I'm about discovery and yeah. the scientific method. But it, but I do, I do feel like it is, it is a fairly political message to some. Yeah. So I guess my point is I like my point uh, is, is kind of all things are political, whether you like it or not. Like if 
um, whatever statement you make, like the second there are more than two people involved, it's political. Like, um, and then a after that, it's literally just about how heavy or subtle the politics are. And, and my point was, I think it might, if you're like aiming for like massive change, sometimes the most subtle thing, like we said it about Mr. Rogers, can be like the most powerful thing. Like, who do you think has politically impacted people for the better more? Like Mr. Rogers or like some contentious political figure? You know, I would See, say- this is, and this, is where, this is where you and I differ on the definition of politics, I think. And yeah. it's probably just it's probably just semantics, but yeah. to me, pro politics is a derogatory term that gets in the way of intellectual discussion. Yeah, it's, and it's, politics is politics is marketing, and and thinking and discussion and debate is something other than politics. Yeah, well, to me, politics is anytime you have to deal with a group versus a group. And that happens the second you have an unbalanced group. <laughs> but, wouldn't, but wouldn't you just call that the human condition? I mean, wouldn't you just call that life? I mean, that's just. Yeah, I would. But I, but I, that's but, but my problem with your definition of it is that your definition of politics is so, so broad that it's, it's almost meaningless because it's unilaterally applied to every situation. Well, it is applied to every situation though. It's like it, um, a political act is literally taking a side. So, like, that's why I said three. So if you have two people, it's hard to have politics, right? Because two people can have a discussion, right? There's no one to be swayed. But the second you add a third, you have somebody to be swayed, and you have differing viewpoints. You have politics instantly. Um, I mean, so at its purest, like, politics can be good. Like, um I've, I've talked about this too, like a corporation, right? Like inevitably there's politics in the, the structure of a business, right? You have limited resources. You have multiple departments vying for resources. What's going to happen? I mean, like, li like literally the human condition is going to make all of those departments vie for those resources. So, Best politics in a in a purely beautiful system would work where you have all those different departments talk together and go, you know what? This department really needs those resources. The dirtiest politics are when everybody talks and everybody needs those resources, right? And then you have fighting. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. People I, and you have limited resources. You have politics. I think I think that that is true, but I don't think that's what politics is. Politics is uh, politics is governance. Pol politics is uh, you know the, the the topic of applying governance of 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 the application of uh, force to move people towards or away from specific action. Yeah. Um, such a jerk right now and just say no that's actually called governance <laughs> <laughs> but if you but if you okay hold on let's do this okay governance the action or manner of governing right or sway or control 
That's yeah. governance. That's 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 that. Politics, the activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict amongst individuals or parties having hoping to achieve power. And so governance is the actual uh, force of yeah. governing. Uh, politics is the activities associated with the governance. Mm -hmm. And so politics is the application of force within governance. So, so let me, let me argue my little point back. Okay. So you have three people, like we are pack animals, right? So I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with your point. What I'm saying is that at the end, when you yeah. say, and that is politics, I think part of it is politics, I but, it but it doesn't describe the entire thing. And the part that's politics is uh, the idea of the idea of the rules that are set in place yeah. to, to govern. Yes. But here's the thing. And here's the thing I think we can all agree on. It's like when you have people who are prone to leadership, like people like leadership. Okay. So if you have three people in a room, there's just subconsciously going to be a leader picked. Um, the larger that room gets, the more that need for a leader is because we're, we're kind of like group people. Like we like groups. We're not isolated, solitary beings, right? Um, so in a perfect system where you have a governance, right, it, there's not necessarily something wrong with that. Um, and so in a perfect system, when you have politics regarding that governance, it's not wrong. Like there's good politics and there's bad politics. There's good, which is for the good of the people. And there's bad, which is for the bad of the people. Um the more people that get involved, the worse it gets. <laughs> and, and the more complicated that gets too, because it's a lot harder to draw like from point A to point B. Like if there's three of us and, uh, and we have like, like the resources conversation, we have limited resources. There's three of us. It's much more likely we can come to like a conclusion that kind of benefits everybody than if there's 20 of us. If there's 20 of us, that gets a little more complicated, right? But and what seems good for like the 10 might be terrible for the other 10. And you, are, you, are, you are currently describing human nature oh, and interpersonal communication. 100%. But, but that's, that's communication. Politics has the need to use communication. It isn't communication. Well, here's the thing that I would argue. When you communicate, there are politics, inevitably. You can have, not inevitably, you can have political motives um, in your communication, but I don't think that it's an inevitable, that it's a given that all communication uh, has some sort of ingrained politics because I have a narrow view of politics than you do. But but here's where I'm broadening it. and I, and Okay, so if inevitably in a group of people there is a governor like there will be a leader then anything said within that group of people affects that governor so things that are said whether intentional or not are inevitably political and that's my point it's 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 how broadly it's political how blatantly and on the nose it's political or except 
you're you're talking about you're talking about persuasion and manipulation. You're talking about the, the application of force. Because um, so, wait, 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 neither definition from what you read had anything to do with force. They had to do with governorship. Right, but governing, but governing all comes. This is this is. I will get more political than I normally get online uh, right now with this statement. I love you. Uh, governing anything uh, always comes down to the point of a gun. That is that is that is the end result of of, of anything is the application of force. Yeah, but is the application of force does that precede or or come after politics? It is it is the it is the threat that comes with the communication of politics, and it is the result of pushing too hard or resisting too hard against those politics. If those politics uh, have enough have enough power to apply that force, so here here's here's the thing. I don't I don't believe that the government has the ability to reward anything. I believe that. Other institutions have the ability to reward and to offer incentive. The government can punish or it can punish less. And if it punishes and then removes some of that punishment, it feels like a reward because there's less punishment. But the government only has the application of force. That's, hmm. that's, the, that's the only motivating factor that a governing body has um, with, within, within familial relationships, within friendships, within societies, which I think is outside of government, which is uh, within religion, within other things, you have the ability to have both an incentive and a disincentive or an incentive and a punishment. But governments, everything comes from the point of a gun. If I don't want to pay my taxes uh, and I resist enough, eventually uh, either, either my life or my liberty will be taken away. It's, but- it, all, it all comes down to force. So, so here's a question, like, because government and governing are different, but yes. you're adding a new equation. Um, in in the scenario of like a a, a group of three, yeah. right? Um, you're in the wilderness. You all need to survive. You have three people, right? One takes the lead. One may not even want to take the lead. Just sure. people will opt for one person to take the lead. Unless there are two people that want the lead, and if you take that to an extreme, uh, eventually they will force ah. one or the other to separate or kill each politics other. Politics is not defined by opposition, though, and that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like the politics have to do with the communication for the governance. The contentious politics come with conflict. Um, Right. And the politics do come with usually disagreement. Right. And, and okay. human beings have disagreement, which creates conflict, which creates politics. It's 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 it is like a microcosm kind of thing. Um, but my point is politics can be good. Um, like, for instance, like a political statement, if your wife uh, tries on a dress and goes, how do I look in this dress? And it don't look so great in that dress. But you know, like, you know, this person and you're like, you know what? They've had a bad day. I'm going to say you look great in that dress. That's a political statement. That's politics and that's politics for the good. Like, and, and that's probably politics for the good of that person, too, because maybe that person didn't need to hear that, like, that dress didn't look so good. 
Like, but don't, but don't you think that 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 saying that that is politics is a fairly Machiavellian view of humanity? Because couldn't that just be uh, your interpersonal relationship with that person? Or couldn't an interpersonal relationship with a person be politics? Only if it's manipulative. No, like uh, there's nothing in that definition that said manipulation, and that's, but, that's what I'm getting at. But if you're trying, if you're trying to, if you're trying to govern someone, mm-hmm. uh, then you are trying to affect their actions, thoughts, and feelings. Isn't always negative. That's my point. Governance is always negative. If you're a manager and you have a team member who is exhausted and you choose to lighten their load a little bit that day, that's not a punishing thing. That's not a manipulative thing. That's a conscious decision based on empathy and knowing your own staff and knowing what they can handle for the day. And you lighten that person's load. You're you're assuming something that I didn't communicate well. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, the application of force is inherently negative. I, I don't think negative consequences um, or deterrence or punishments are evil. I think yeah. they can be. I think they're amoral um, in, in, until applied in, in certain situations. For example, I'm loving this conversation. It's going way too long, but I'm loving it. I hope <laughs> people are still with us. And all of a sudden, the as soon as we started arguing, the chat started lighting up. I do want to point out. I do want to point out that Victor is right. You 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 asked the impossible situation there. You never <laughs> you never ask that question. You just get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Okay, so I want to I want to say California that California political statement saying that, that, that is that is California likes to uh, likes to have governors who are active. <laughs> I'll have to chew on this notion that government can only be absent uh, or a level of hostile. I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm saying that not necessarily hostile, but the application of force. And so here here's what I'm saying. For example, as a society, we have decided that human life is worth something. Mm-hmm. And actually that's kind of a political statement, depending on where and when you define human life or whatever. But uh, human, I'm life, and I'm pissed. <laughs> human life is worth something. So we have added the application of force as a deterrent to, to taking human life. So I, I can, I cannot go out in society uh, that is, that is, that has a government um, and just murder someone with impunity um, there, there will be the application of force against me, mm. and I, I'm aware of that. That is a positive, a net positive for the group. That's a net yeah. positive for those being governed, right? Theft. We we use that we use the application of force as a deterrent against behavior that we want to avoid. We use the removal of that deterrent uh, for things that we want to promote. You want more kids? You get taxed less. Taxing. You know, being taxed is is a is is you're taking something from me, and if I resist that, then I lose life or liberty, right? But if we want more families, if we want a, a population to continue, if we want the species to promulgate, uh, we reward people who uh, have families, and so we say we will give you a tax credit, which is not a benefit, that is not an incentive, it is less punishment. 
we're going to punish you less if you do good behavior. We'll punish you more if you do bad behavior. So I'm not saying that the application of force is inherently bad or good because it's very situational. But it is the way that the only way that a government can control the populace. Okay. So I would disagree <laughs> a little bit about I – th- I think there is a reward element to groups of people and being in leadership of those groups of people. Um, Inherent in the system or because human beings incentivize each other through interpersonal communication? I think inherent in some of the systems. I, th- I think the problem is like there's different systems of control. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do think um, reward could actually be a part of it that have little to do with punishment. So a good example, let's say we're back to that three scenario okay. and we're all stuck in the wilderness and uh, I'm the best hunter or whatever, which would never happen out of the three of us. I'd be the worst, but, um, but I'm my money on Scott. Being and I've, I've collected a lot of elk, right. And you guys have collected less elk, but I've noticed that like Corey, you've really put in an extra effort today. So here, have some of my elk. Like that's a pure reward in in a system that that has little to do with punishment and has more to do with encouragement. And so that that could be a governance, right? But uh, that could be one of those rare scenarios where it's government governance without and government without threat and more with reward for kind of encouraging positive behavior. And I and I completely agree with you, although. It immediately becomes it immediately becomes a moot point as soon as you you look at it at scale, and so it be, because we no longer have a bartering system and currency has been introduced, the idea of debt and the idea of currency has removed uh, direct bartering and everything. Everything now we're getting into economics. All right, let me say this. Let me say this. This is the type of thing that I don't like to discuss. Uh, uh, in public because of what people assume about the things that I'm saying. And I, I like having these discussions with you, Josh. I agree. And we'll have them one-on-one, but, but I like that we dipped into it a little bit because I think if anything, we touched on the fact that politics <laughs> are more um, than, than you can imagine as a person. Um, oh man, Gary, I want to dip into that, but I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't want this to go all night, <laughs> but agreed. Um, but, uh, but like one of the, one of the things that I think comes out of this though, is like, weirdly enough, like people can, and you'll see this online all the time. People will take like a Mo Willems children's book about like the pigeon needs to ride the bus and be like, he's a crazy, like whatever. And there's nothing there, but they put something there because they want it to kind of like not fit their political agenda. Um, I like that. Thank you, Jay. Um, This is why none of us, none of us pretend to be political artists though. (laughs) I'm way way too long winded to be, to be succinct enough to be a political artist. Yeah. Honestly, I leave that to like the, like there's some guys in the NCS New Yorker guys. They're just like poof. And it's like straight political and just very blatant and awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I can't do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like to me, it's just, 
you can put politics into anything you want. Um, as an artist, when you're doing art, like it, it's a good thing to kind of balance and think about like how political you want to be, you know? Um, and for me, like, I don't feel shy about putting my own political leanings or my own political activism online. Um, and, and this ties in a little bit to what um, I think both of you guys have said, which is I don't want to assume the worst of my audience. Like I want to assume that if there's like a hardcore Republican who likes my art, that they'll be able to kind of just like my art and not be thrown off by like, Hey, we don't agree politically. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I will say when it comes to like customer service or like who I sell to, um, I don't really care where anyone leans politically. I think that like you should be able to buy from my stuff, like what, like whatever political viewpoint you have. Um, I'm not going to kind of like put like a barricade on somebody because I'm like, Oh, we don't agree. We're not voting for the same person. Don't buy this. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's where I draw the line. I think we each have a different line, but I do think it's valuable to kind of think about the line and then also think about the fact that like there can be consequences to that line. So if you're like an artist out there, who's like a, I, I keep bringing up Ted Rawl. I like Ted Rawl's work, but I don't go the Ted Rawl route on my art, but if you're going to do that, it might actually make sense if you're making art that is blatantly on its face political. Um, otherwise, you know, I think it's worth considering like where you want to kind of end up on that line, you know? Yeah. I just realized, I just realized something back to the actual topic that we were talking about of whether or not we're political online and when yeah. and why. <laughs> I love it. That was your intention the whole time. Not really. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I I realized that when I have the ability to express myself at length, um, I feel more comfortable because I, I feel like my opinions are nuanced. They're they're not they're not black and white. I believe in nuance and I believe in gray, and I believe in situations. And so in this situation. Um, where we've been going for an hour and 40 minutes now, yeah. I'm more, I'm more comfortable. I'm more comfortable with the nuance of that situation really than I am in a tweet or a single image or, you know, something like that. And so I think I, I, I think if I were to, if I were to just go on, go on Instagram and just make a little poster that said, you know, government is only the application of force and then leave it at that. I, I would feel very uncomfortable with that. But the fact that you let me ramble on for 10 minutes about it and then poked at it so that I could explain different aspects of how I yeah. feel about that, I feel way more comfortable about that. So I think it, uh, yeah. just like everything else, I think it's situational as well in a podcast, vlog, or something like that. I feel like that's somewhere where I feel more like I am willing to open up. Because yeah. And I feel like it, it also depends on the person, right? Because, like, you know, we're way more comfortable with each other. I don't think any of us like would feel like weird about sharing like our own viewpoints with each other. Right. For some people we might like, if we had a guest on this podcast, we might not feel so comfortable. Um, and I, and I, I, I think, um, I think what you're hitting, like what you're 
uh, tapping into is actually kind of a, a truth in general. I don't think most people, um, no matter how horrendous you might even find like their, their viewpoint can be boiled down into like five seconds. I think nuanced conversations, um, are a real mind opener for most people. And I think that's one of the beauties of art because art can speak for itself. So like, even though we're talking right now, if you read our work, I think you're going to get different takes on politics and the work tends to speak for itself. And, and I think that's kind of cool. I, I think that's one of the best things about art is the work can kind of do the dialogue for you. Um, and to me, like I, even as like vocal as I am about politics online and stuff, it's like when it comes to my own artwork, I think that probably has more impact than anything I could say in like a tweet or like a Facebook post. And I I would say the same for like Corey, like one single illustration can probably say more about your feelings on government or on, uh, you know, privacy than anything you could say in like an hour and a half, which is insane, but it's kind of the cool thing about art. Yeah. Um, and then same, same with Scott, like Scott, I know you refrain from politics, but I do think your art speaks for itself, like for what you want to say, you know? So, yeah. I, I think, I think the meaning of this illustration is applicable to everything I just ranted about. <laughs> I, I love it. I, this has been a fun conversation. Um, all right. Well, thanks for everybody in the chats for kind of chiming in. Uh, Gary, I said this in the chats, but I'm going to say it publicly. Thank you for the Christmas card. Oh, yeah. I wanted to, I was going to say the same exact thing. I got Gary's card, and uh, my cards went out today. So, Oof, so excited. I don't make Christmas cards. It's a terrible habit. I think Gary and I are the only ones still making Christmas cards, so. I get, I've gotten a ton of them. Have you? I, I, I haven't gotten any this year. So, yeah. Yeah. except for Gary. <laughs> I get Christmas cards, but artist Christmas cards are always cooler. It's like with Gary's, I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas card with a lion. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for talking politics. Yeah, thanks for baiting me into uh, into an argument about. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I jumped in willingly. I liked it, and I don't. I literally think, were I not me, I would have no idea where you stand politically. I literally wouldn't. Yeah, me, which is good. And uh, I, I am a. I, I'm not apolitical, but I'm definitely without party. So I don't like saying independent anymore because that actually means a certain political thing now. <laughs> I, it, okay. Yeah. I, that's probably going to get into that. I just didn't know that. I, I don't know. I think people assume, I think people assume things when you say oh, you're independent okay. and I, I would rather them not assume a label. I'd rather them talk to me for uh, an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. I've got to yeah. go to work. We're going to wrap. Um, so thank you guys for delving into politics, even though we don't tend to delve into politics, which we probably won't in the next few. Uh, thank you in the chats for bearing with us while we delved into politics. Let us know in the comments section, uh, like how you deal with politics and art. Like, do you 
feel like you should openly talk about it? Do you feel like it's something you measure? Is it something you are like blatantly just balls out? Like, this is my politics, like my art or not. Um, and then have you thought about like why and, and what the repercussions of are for that? Um, it's, it's a discussion I'm curious about because it is a politically contentious time. And so like, that that can be a heavy thing to try to kind of figure out. And I, I think from this discussion, if anything, you guys have probably gotten the fact that like, hey, we don't even, I don't think any of us have like a 100% uh, solution to how we are dealing with it ourselves, you know? So yeah, um, that'll do it. Uh, you can find my work at joshuakemble.com and you can check out my comic about faith and mental illness and um at quarterlystories.com. And uh, if you want to see my crazy leftist, wacky political agendas, um, you can check me out on Facebook and Instagram and all that other stuff. Um, all right, Scott, where can everybody find your work? Uh, right there at circworks.com. Uh, pick up the comic, make a toolkit, comic, uh, you can get the comic with your starter kit for free. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to promote today. Corey, where can everybody find your work, sir? Uh, you can find me at CoreyKerr.com, where I have lots of uh, ambiguously political crap. <laughs> but uh, but specifically, check out uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm trying to do some more interesting things on Instagram lately. So, uh, and if you want to discuss things, uh, Twitter is a fun place to discuss things. So, I absolutely love it. All right. Um, thank you guys. And we will see you on Wednesday. And here's a special announcement about Wednesday. We're having a special crossover. So you'll see Scott back. He's usually here on Mondays. He will be here on Wednesday on Corey's channel, I think. Um, and we're going to do a little art casters and 48 hour art check crossover. Um, and that is for very good reasons having to do with Star Wars and the holidays. What better reasons? We didn't even get into Mandalorian, so we'll have to get into that next time. All right, we'll yes. see you guys next week.